Hi, everyone. Thanks for being here. I hope you're in good health and secure. Uh, two little reminders before we get going. Um, one, uh, Buddhism Reference and Buddhism Reference Volume 2 are both available as ebooks and print books. Um, you may want to do the ebooks uh, before you buy the print book. The first uh, volume is complete. Um, my editor has found, she says she's found a couple of typos yet again. So I'll, I'll fix those. Uh, I'll have to look at what she's found. Sometimes it's a misunderstanding of words. Um, but volume two is, is fresh. It's uh, larger than volume one uh, because it includes a lot of old terminology that we're running into with these Lotus translations like Anuttara Samyakambodai, what does that mean? Um, the Abhidharma, and there's several versions of that. Uh, and I knew full well, I'm putting these terms into volume two as well as current terms that uh, I wasn't included in the first volume. Uh, but these older terms I'm putting in because they still apply in the scholarship of understanding and we're going to run into them anyway. So it's just as well that you understand what they meant, what they used to mean to the practice of uh, Buddhism. But as I've pointed out many times, uh, those evolved in the Mahayana uh, as a more modern, a more... Um, uh, comprehensive and uh, yeah, comprehensive is the right term for the practice of Shakyamuni's teachings. Um, things like the Nidana becoming still valid in modern practice, but through an understanding that we now have of the 3,000 realms in a single thought moment, which came much later in the evolution of scholarship, right? Still, Shakyamuni's teachings is just that. As we've evolved as a thinking sentient species, our understanding of the world, the universe, the language that we use, well, um, it required updating because our understanding is more profound, more comprehensive. So um, that poses two things. Number one, uh, it's great for us modern uh, practitioners to understand that the teaching is cohesive throughout. It's just that we have more uh, profound, larger breadth of knowledge about, through science, through philosophy, through many other things, exactly what Shakyamuni was teaching, right? It's all about the meaning of the teachings, not the specific words. But we have different language today, and we use language differently today than we did 3,000, 2,000, 1,000 years ago. Yes? Okay. So that's, that's the import of having these documented. And I make an effort, number one, uh, to represent the terminology in, you know, something like the Abhidharma, for, for instance, would take volumes to discuss. Try reading Vasubandhu and see if you don't just tire of the minute dissections of language that go on. They're important, 
but to try to describe the entire and then the multiple versions of Abhidharma, it's not the goal of the reference book, right? It's something to give you an idea, and then more importantly, how we use that in our understanding of modern Buddhism. That's what this is about. But I knew that it would ruffle some feathers to try to condense something into a simple meaning that doesn't have a simple meaning. And so I've already gotten emails from people who want to tell me, well, the Abhidharma said this and did that and did that. Thank you. That's great. Um, but that's not the purpose of this reference, right? The purpose of this reference, once again, is to indicate, to summarize the unsummarizable conceptually just so that we understand if it has significance, if it plays into our modern understanding, which is what this is about, Mahayana. I'm not teaching Hinayana. I'm not teaching Theravada, right? Those are early teachings, and Nichiren has made it abundantly clear that those teachings are not suitable to us anymore. They don't work because they're made for a certain kind of understanding and a certain kind, honestly, of undistracted mind. All minds are distracted, but today our, our modern distracted mind is so much more distracted, pulled aside, samsarically clouded, diseased that to try to attain enlightenment through those early teachings which were not in the lotus sutra we've been reading shakyamuni points out and this is why he picked out shariputra first of all because he was the foremost arhat at the time and explained to him yeah you've gone as far as you can go as an arhat but that ain't it that was false. That was a carrot. That was the apparitional city. That was the place for you to rest a moment, gather yourself. Now you're ready to go for the prize. The Buddha way, the Bodhisattva way. Hmm? So anyway, the reason I bring all that up is I'm, I'm converting. Somebody told me they're not able uh, to read it's difficult for them to read electronically or print. And so the obvious solution is the podcast, the audio podcast. So I've been capturing every term in a short, uh, for me, short video so that there's a compendium, a podcast that represents all these terms. And you'll find a playlist for each book on the homepage of this channel. If you look under playlist, you'll see Buddhism reference, and then you'll see Buddhism reference volume two. Well, volume two is far from done. Volume one is all there. I caught one that wasn't there the other day, and I recorded that, Nirvana. I don't know how I missed that one. I think I added that later, and it just wasn't in there. There may be one or two others, so point them out if you know. Um and volume two is in progress, right? Just as the book is. So um, anyway, know that you can find these on the podcasts, right? The free, the, the Buddhahood podcast, 
there is, uh, I believe I made a playlist there, but certainly you can search for Buddhism Reference Volume 2 or, or Buddhism Reference, no volume, <laughs> quiet, no. It's just, I didn't know I was going to make a secondary book at the time. So there may be a volume three, who knows, but uh, volume two is pretty comprehensive. Anyway, so use the playlist. If you're not sure how to do that, uh, the homepage has a video for new members or something like that, how to use this study resource, and it'll there's pictures to guide you through it. Um, and now, without further ado, let's get back to the reading of the Lotus Sutra. Oh, did I want to show you? this? Uh, if you go to threefoldlotus.com, links in the description, uh, the homepage has a display, and I've been cleaning it up a little bit. So you'll see here right underneath that row of books uh, is a link to the e-books. So you can go uh, there. You don't have to go hunt around Lulu, and that'll take you right to them. Um, and uh, the course study materials, by the way, that's changed too. That's an old picture. This this uh, orange P that you see there, that's Patreon. That's moved down out of the way uh, along with uh, the um, the YouTube link. So you can go directly to Patreon, our Patreon page or the, this, the YouTube homepage if you're not sure how to get there. That'll get you there. Um, and so anyway, you know what to do with all the links. Uh, thank you for your support. Like, subscribe, or purchase. Um, and for you, oh, that's some I, the other notice. For you uh, patrons, and uh, whether you're going through Patreon or through PayPal, um, I should have all your emails, and I'll be sending you uh, a PDF, an ebook, basically of um, of this volume two. Um, I mean, you guys are supporting every month. You've earned it. So I'm just, if you're a patron, um, you can expect in your email uh, a PDF of Buddhism Reference Volume 2. You should have gotten Volume 1. If you haven't, uh, let me know, and I'll, uh, I'll get that out to you. All right. Leon Hurwitz, translation of Lotus Sutra. We are in the Teachers of the Dharma chapter, or he calls it Preachers of the Dharma. Um, and we're about to start the gathas of uh, Shakyamuni's recent talk about the scripture of the Dharma Blossom to Bodhisattvas and the Fourfold Assembly. He's talking to Medicine King, right? If one wishes to reject all slackness, if you want to get rid of that lazy habit, yeah? All slackness. One must listen to this teaching, this Dharma teaching, this scripture. For this teaching may not be heard easily. And those who receive it in resolve are also rare. Right? There's a lot of people. I'm reading a book right now called uh, uh, Two Buddhas Sit Side by Side with uh, Jacqueline Stone and Robert. Uh, Lopez, I believe is his name. Uh, again, these are scholars whom I respect, who've written many things, and I've talked about uh, Jacqueline Stone before, but they're academicians, right? So their approach to the historical teachings of Nichiren, Shakyamuni, so on, 
are from an academic point of view, and yet they can't help but uh, obviate the teachings of the Dharma, uh, but they fall short of interpretation, albeit from the state of Buddhist rhetoric and the meaning. They're, they're more hung up on the words and the literalness, right? That's not a bad thing necessarily for an academician, but um, how useful it is to us and our practice, we see a little bit beyond more profoundly than that. Uh, and I'll talk about the book because she says some really interesting things that I think uh, we should share with, uh, with ourselves, with our sangha. But... Um, Yeah, so when this says, and those who receive it in resolve are also rare, many people read the Lotus Sutra because it's an interesting read. And uh, it's hyperbolic, it's uh, poetic, it has all these, you know, most people, the first thing that they don't get from reading Buddhist literature, Buddhist sutras, is the abstract nature, the use of time as an expedient, right? Most people look at time as a concrete linear thing. And many of the stories in the Lotus Sutra and other sutras are written in a form that's very linear because of the audience. But it comes... To bear, and we're going to talk about the 16th chapter in the Lotus Sutra and the lifetime of the Tathagata. But I want to tell you, we've already covered what he's going to say in the 16th chapter. It's just not obvious to most who read it. But his stories about being the 16th son prince of a, of a, uh, a Buddha that attained Buddhahood after eons and eons and eons and millions of eons and a time unfathomably far in the past. All of that is to say that enlightenment, Buddha-ness, enlightenment is a sentient mind thing. Buddha-ness is the process of life. It's inculcated in the engine of life. It's always been here and it will always be in the physical cosmos. To be aware of it is a sentient thing. Right? So that may be specific to the era of sentient minds, but it has always been there. And so when Shakyamuni talks about him being the 16th son of an incalculably long ago Buddha, it's not literal. It 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 is hmm, I was gonna say it is literal in a sense, but only if you understand that what he's talking about is actual Buddha as a potential, not him Shakyamuni. Now he's gonna state this more explicitly in the sixteenth, but he's been saying it all along, just no one has made that click, that switch. And you'll see. All right, so let's uh, let I will now continue with the prose section. And those who receive it in resolve are also rare. Suppose there is a man who is thirsty and in need of water, 
who though he digs on a high plain, still sees only dry earth, right? You dig deep enough, you're supposed to get to the water table, right? Some kind of water flowing under the dirt. It's an amazing thing in and of itself, but uh, this is widespread uh, knowledge in most places. I don't know how far you'd have to dig in the Sahara, <laughs> but at any rate, and thus knows that the water is yet far off, hasn't reached it. At length he sees moist earth and mud. Oh, he's getting close, yeah? Thus knowing of a certainty that water is near. O oh, Medicine King, you are to know that in this way, men who do not hear the scripture of the Dharma Blossom, or Myoho are very far removed from Buddha knowledge, the experience of Buddha, yeah? If they hear this profound Myoho Rengekyo, which determines precisely the Dharma of the voice hearer, this king of teachings, and having heard it, think on it with understanding, yet another condition, let it be known that these persons are close to the Buddha wisdom. They're close to the Buddha wisdom because the only wisdom you can have that you could call Buddha is from the experience of Buddha, right? If a man is to preach or teach this teaching, this scripture, he should enter the room of the thus come one. Enter the room of Buddha. Don the cloak of the thus come one. Prepare yourself, right? And sit on the throne of the thus come one. How do we do that? Taking his place in the multitude fearlessly and preaching to them, teaching them with breath and discrimination. Great compassion is the room. Now he's explaining. The room of the thus come one is the mindset, the attitude and intent of liberating all living beings. It must be done. That is the room of the thus come one. Tender harmony and endurance of insult the cloak. You're going to be insulted. You're going to be taken to task. People are going to feel challenged and you need to be steadfast and calm. As calm as can as you possibly can, right? We teach and we propagate to our best. While the emptiness of the dharmas is the throne. The emptiness of the dharmas is the throne. That can be confusing, right? You have to understand, emptiness doesn't mean nothing. We've covered this many, many times, even specifically in videos, right? Emptiness indicates or refers to, in this case, the dharmas, the experiences. People's experiences are wholly cut from the cloth of their mental awareness, 
their minds, their predispositions, their epistemologies, their misunderstandings, and their insights. So going backwards, knowing that people's experiences feed their thoughts, when they hear something new, this is why they're challenged, because their epistemology, their thoughts are being challenged, turned upside down, extended, right? So they're going to struggle with that, and they may lash out from those dispositions. But it's not about you, right? It's not about Buddha. It's about their confusion. And when they come to understand that dharmas are empty, then they can fill those dharmas up with the one dharma vehicle. Hmm? Perfect understanding. So let's continue. With the emptiness of the dharmas is the throne. Making these his home, he teaches to the multitude. If when he is teaching this myoho kyo a person reviles him with a foul mouth or hits him with a knife or a staff or tile or stone, people get violent, yeah? In his mindfulness of the Buddha, let him endure this. In other words, let it not injure you in your steadfastness, right? You can lose your cool pretty easily. Somebody slaps you, whoa, wait a minute, right? In a thousand myriads of millions of lands, I, Buddha, displaying a body pure and firm, for incalculable millions of kalpas preach dharma for living beings. If after my passage into extinction anyone can teach this scripture, this myoho rengekyo, I will send him a conjured fourfold assembly. Your practice of this myoho rengekyo, your instantiation of your buddhaness from the very start will attract curiosity, followers, those who seek the path, even if they're unaware. The curious, yeah? Bhikshus and bhikshunis, as well as gentlemen and ladies of pure resolve, to make offerings to the Dharma master. Because that is our goal, your goal and mine, to become Dharma masters. Every day we hone that goal. We get closer and closer. We touch it. We experience it. The goal being to stay in it. As Nichiren says, to live every moment of the day in Namo Myoho Rengekyo or Myoho Rengekyo, yes? Attracting various living beings and collecting them there I will cause them to listen to the Dharma. Again, he is just encouraging you that he, Buddha, not Shakyamuni, 
Buddha, Buddhaness, will surround you. It will be there. And those looking to enliven that within their lives will find you. If a man should wish to do ill to the Dharma master with a knife or staff or with tile or stone, as he said earlier, then I will send a person conjured who shall be his protection. In other words, your Buddha will be, your Buddhaness will be kind of a force field, if you will, in modern parlance, right? You will have those who will protect you. If a man teaching this Dharma is alone in a quiet and idle place, lonely, without a human sound, they're reading or reciting this scriptural canon. At that time, I will appear to him displaying a body of pure radiance. You will attain Anuttara Samyak Sambodai. Even if you're doing it alone, sincerely, without an audience, not hiding yourself, but literally without an audience. Hmm? You will always invoke and attain Buddha when you practice Myoho Renge Kyo. That's incredibly um, bolstering, a reassurance that this practice works not only when you're teaching it to others, but in essence, teaching it to ourselves, yes? If he forgets a chapter or verse, I will tell it to him, thus enabling him to get it out with ease. If a man fully endowed with these excellences should teach for the fourfold assembly in a deserted place reading or reciting scripture, they, will, they would all be enabled to see my body. In other words, the three bodies of Buddha, the enlightenment, the Buddha, not Shakyamuni. If a man is in an empty and idle place, I will send him gods and dragon kings, yakshas, ghosts, and demons, all sorts of influences, right? And we know this from the study of the 3,000 realms in a single thought moment. To compose a multitude to listen to his dharma, his experience. This man takes pleasure in teaching the Dharma, in setting it forth with discrimination and without obstacles. With discrimination, what does that mean? Skillful means. Because the Buddhas have him protectively in mind, he is able to cause great rejoicing in the multitude. If anyone can be close to the Dharma master, he can quickly gain the Bodhisattva one who studies under the guidance of this master shall contrive to see Buddhas numerous as the Ganges' sands. Hmm? So this is all about taking on the task of teaching the one vehicle, the Dharma, the experience of Buddha. This is what we can expect. We can expect tremendous insight, timelessness, opposition, right? obstacles, 
but everything is about our mindful attitude and intent. If we stay grounded in our attitude and intent with the understanding, as he said, of the emptiness of dharmas, with compassion, hmm? we cannot fail. So, the next chapter, Apparition of the Jeweled Stupa, now presents to us a formidable example of what, in physical form, rises before the entire assembly. Now we're ready to get what I would say is the crux of this teaching. Now, Nitrin, for Nitrin, it's the 16th chapter that's the crux of the teaching. But that's because he was still teaching to people who didn't understand the pliability of time that's used in Buddhism. That Nitrin is correct, that people to this day still want to think literally and linearly about time. That Buddha is not a, a person, even a mind. Buddha is a phenomena that is part and parcel of the engine of life. What is Buddha-ness is our sentient mind's potential to grasp it. Right? So Buddha is the wish-granting jewel that Nietzsche talks about. The jewel that was sewn into the jacket in the parable by the wealthy man to the poor man who wasn't aware he was carrying it along with him all the time until the master, the wealthy man, pointed it out and then the, the uh, poor man changed his life. He had the potential all along, wasn't aware of it, right? That's Buddha. Becoming aware of it, that's our work, our sentient mind, our mindfulness, our attitude and intent. And that attitude has to be fed by, awakened by, our Buddha wisdom, our knowledge of what life is actually hmm? the ultimate truth of all phenomena. So, the apparition of the jeweled stupa, to me, that's one of the most exciting chapters in here because I can visualize our friend Nitrin just <laughs> jumping uh, somersaults <laughs> when he read this one. Sorry. <laughs> okay. So we will continue the next video. The next podcast will be on that chapter. In the meantime, as I uh, exhort you always, please take care of your health. If for no other reason than to practice, right? So keep your practice strong. Savor it. And... Uh, Check out all the links below. Lots of free information, a lot of links uh, on the Threefold Lotus 
site and a ton of free information there, as well as the podcasts, of course, and these videos. Um, what else? Well, I guess that's it for today. Uh, thanks again, and I will talk to you again in the next one. Okay, bye for now.